0: hello friends and welcome back to another episode of the bikes for death podcast as always my name is patrick and i'm your host and on today's episode i go for a bike packing trip on my very own route this is the east texas lowdown route and it's a new route for 2023 in the east texas showdown series so now we're going to have three routes Uh, this is the lowdown which is about 170 miles Then we have the slowdown, which is 280 miles and the showdown, which is 400 miles this year. And the cool thing about the lowdown is that it is designed to be non-competitive bikepacking ride. Of course, I guess you can go as fast as you want to, but we're not taking times and nobody's gonna care. This is designed for fun, to get out on your bikes and get in the woods with some friends. And my friend Connor and I were the first people to ride this route. And I decided to bring my microphone along and take you along for the journey. You'll also hear uh, my friend Natalie joined us uh, on day one. So you'll hear her chime in through the episode, but she wasn't able to join for the whole time. So that's what we got going on today. One note about this episode is that I, that I recorded it back in October of 2022. So some of the things that I comment on might be a little bit out of date. But anyway, just keep that in mind as you're listening to it, but the route hasn't changed, my experience didn't change, and wasn't sure if I was going to release it because if you listen to the last week's episode, I touched on how Doing these trip reports and recording while bike packing has been a little bit of a challenge both from a technical standpoint and from just figuring out the format of the show and I wasn't sure if this one really made the cut but one of the main pieces of feedback that I got from listeners was that they wanted to hear more content from just regular people going out and riding their bikes. And you can't get any more regular than me. And so you know what, the content isn't exactly up to where I would like it to be. But I do think there was some really good aspects of this episode. And I learned a lot. And I think next time I tackle something like this, it's going to be even better. So I actually give a pretty good intro to this episode uh, once we actually get into it. So I'll save that for then. But anyone who has signed up to do the Texas Lowdown this year, you'll be especially interested to listen to this episode. And uh, the route is out there. Anybody can go ride it anytime that they want to. If you want to find the route, you can go to EastTexasShowdown.com. The route is there. It's available and anyone can go ride it. It's got POIs for camping um, and everything you need. So we have vetted this route. It goes through and uh, it's great. It's a great route humble brag, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm really happy with it. And I'm looking forward to getting everybody out there this year um, and riding it. So before we get to today's episode, as is tradition, let's thank the people that made today's episode possible, starting with our latest batch of patrons, I wanna give a shout out to everybody. We saw a great response from last week's call to action and uh, really looking forward to this year. I'm feeling very optimistic and I appreciate everybody who stepped up to be a patron. So let's give a shout out to Zachary Loudon, Holly the dog. Wow, we even got dogs listening, that's great. Grant Boprez, Travis Olson and Jared Progler. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to patrons who increased their pledge. These are existing patrons that decided to increase the amount of donation every month. So I'd like to give a shout out to John Hickman, Alan Boardman, Johnny DeMartin, Shane Hitz, and Nick Marzano. Thank you all very much. We cannot produce these episodes without support and your contributions go a long way to help These podcasts keep showing up in your podcasting feed on a weekly basis. In that vein, I'd like to let you know that I also just released another episode of the Bikes or Death After Party. That is a patron-only podcast. And I just released a segment that didn't make the cut of the Eddie O'Day episode. Now, you'll know that Eddie O'Day, that episode won the most entertaining episode of the year and i think this story uh that i posted to patreon kind of highlights that it's a story that he told uh, as we were hanging out around the campfire drinking beers shooting the shit and uh, it's a great story that is available now over at patreon.com if you'd like to find out more point your browser to patreon.com forward slash bikes or death and sign up if you'd like to support this show and gain access to nine after-party episodes that are already available to you now. All right. Today's episode is brought to us by Athletic Greens. And if, like many people around the world, you are setting resolutions, and they include health, wellness, and fitness, I highly encourage you to check out Athletic Greens. I've been using them... God, when did they come on as a sponsor? For probably at least six to eight months ago and as i mentioned on the podcast about eight months ago i i changed my diet i changed my relationship with alcohol i started working out six days a week and athletic greens has been a big part of my personal nutrition plan so what i do seven days a week is i make a smoothie every single day and part of my smoothie makeup is athletic greens one scoop of of athletic greens So I make sure I'm getting all of my vitamins and minerals. It's a quick and easy way to do that. And if I'm ever on the road, they make travel packs that makes it equally as easy or on a bikepacking trip. So it's a really great solution if you're looking to top off your health and nutrition, especially going into 2023. And Athletic Greens is making it easy for you to try their product. All you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash bikes or death and get yourself a free one year of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Our next sponsor is Ombra's. Ombra's armless sunglasses. I actually just got a report from Ombra's from our ad campaign that we ran in 2022. And a lot of y'all have taken advantage of their offer, which is freaking awesome. And if you would like to join the list of Bikes for Death listeners that wear Ombra's, join me, Ultra Romance, John Watson, Sarah Swallow, among other people who absolutely love these sunglasses. We are making it very easy for you to get into a pair. All you have to do is visit ombras.com. That's O-M-B-R-A-Z.com. Put in the code B-O-D-20. No spaces, just B-O-D-20 at checkout. And Ombras is going to give you $20 off your purchase. And then they're going to send us a check for $20 as a thank you for sending you to them. Now it's worth noting that Umbra's had three different styles, lots of different colors and lenses options available, but they've recently added two more styles. So they have a total of five options. Uh, personally, I think I have four pairs of them. I love them all. They're amazing. You never have to worry about them getting lost. Uh, If you're not wearing them, they're dangling around your neck. If you go surfing, you don't have to worry about them flying off or going on a river trip. Whatever the case may be, these are great adventure sunglasses and they look cool too. And not to mention, when you take away the arms, it increases the comfort by 79%. I just made up that percentage. So if you want to try them out, head over to ombras.com. Use the code BOD20 at checkout and save yourself $20 on a pair of Ombras. And of course, you can find information for both Athletic Greens and Ombras in the show notes or on the podcast page for Bikes or Death. All right, everybody, that's it. Let's get into today's episode with me, my friend Connor, and Natalie as we tackle the East Texas Lowdown. But first, let's have Miles Arbor kick it off with the Bikes or Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home You could be with your friends or you could be
1: alone You ride for a day or maybe more You just love being in the great outdoors Everything you need is strapped to your bars, Including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus And then you think, oh shit to yourself You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf Bikes. Oh, death. Bikes. Oh, 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 death.
0: Podcast. All right, well, I'm sitting here in my office slash studio slash bike packing and gear room the eve before I depart on the East Texas lowdown route. Why is it that every time I get ready for a trip, I'm always feeling disheveled and scatterbrained, and just in general, have this feeling like I'm forgetting something? Uh, maybe that's because I haven't gone bikepacking in a while, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I'm sitting here on the eve getting stuff ready to go. And I thought I'd record a little intro before I get out on the route. Talk about why, uh, talk about the route itself, and um, maybe talk a little bit about how I'm feeling going into it. We can get to know my feelings. So the first question I will address is why. And uh, I think really the question here is, why haven't I ridden this route already? And that is a question that Hannah Simon posed to me during our meeting at the 2022 East Texas Showdown. And then she also called me out on a podcast, the Bike Pack Racing Podcast. She has a fair point. Why haven't I ridden this route? And I appreciate Hannah for your question both times. (laughs) And the answer to that question is a little bit of a woe is me uh, type story, but I don't want it to be a woe is me. I want it to be a this is me, this is my story, and it goes a little something like this. Whenever I posted that I was going to be doing this route on social media, I was challenged in in a way to they i believe they said something along the lines of patrick one of the things that you really do is is bring context into the equation you know who are these people what is their life story and how does that impact them and and how does that help shape their story and they challenged me to share my own uh story as it relates to to this and so without getting too personal I thought that was an excellent point, and I appreciate the question, and I'm going to do my best to answer it as well as I can without babbling too much. I'm all about timelines, and so let's share mine. I started Bikes for Death in October of 2018, and a big motivation for me to start the podcast was simply because... My day job was sucking the life out of me. Uh, most of you will know that I've been a real estate agent for the last 13 years, and my uh, as my real job. And when I started the podcast, it it was simply a passion project. Um, it was a continuation of. Many different ways in which I've tried uh, other passion projects, whether they be on uh, YouTube making videos, uh, which I hope no one can ever find, or blog posts and websites. And, you know, but the motivation was always to open people's eyes to the great outdoors and get people to not only understand, but appreciate this beautiful world that we live in. My favorite modality for exploring the world is is on a bicycle. Um, like many of you, I fell in love with cycling as a young boy. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family that uh, took me camping, particularly through the Boy, boy Scout program. And that exposed me to all of these things at a very young age. I was also given the freedom as a young boy to travel around the neighborhood on my bike and was free to explore and roam around town. And it was, it was quite lovely. And as an adult, whenever I got reintroduced to cycling, I found that that same joy, that same sense of freedom, that same sense of, sense of wanderlust, was available to me um, whenever i got on my bike and so for me combining those two things was a really culminating and pivotal point in my life and i was passionate about sharing it i felt like at that time in my life i needed to do something that made me feel good about being me you know and The motivation from the very beginning was never to monetize the podcast or have it be my primary job or anything. It was simply a way for me to do something that I felt was valuable, something that I felt was important, and something that I could feel good about. It was from that place that I started Bikes for Death. I never could have imagined that it got listened to at all. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm like any other person who starts a podcast and there are many, you know, you just, you don't think many people are going to listen. I mean, what are the odds? There's like 3 million podcasts in the entire world. So, you know, it's, it would be very egotistical to think that you're going to produce a show that is going to capture the attention of, of a large sector of people. For some reason, this podcast has become successful. I think at least by any metric I would personally give it, it has been successful beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And for that, I've always been grateful. So that's where things started and things were going along, I guess, pretty well uh, over the next couple of years. And then COVID hit. For many of y'all, COVID was a difficult time and I would not exclude myself from that list. My wife and I at that time, we initiated a a divorce uh, in March of 2020 that wasn't finalized until the beginning of November, 2020. So it essentially spanned that entire year. And without inflating that situation and without going into many much detail i will say that by far 2020 has been without a doubt the most challenging year of my life and i don't say that lightly it was a challenging time for many reasons one i mean going through a divorce is not fun it was very difficult and challenging learning to be a single parent of two daughters while going through a divorce and trying to maintain those relationships and maintain my real estate business and maintain the podcast, it was supremely challenging to say the least to manage all of those things. In doing so, I knowingly neglected myself, both my physical and my mental health. I prioritized everybody else except for me, and I did that knowingly. It was a simple equation, and in that equation, my needs and my wants were not a priority, and that was okay for a time. My goals and the things that I were trying to accomplish required that I sacrifice so that I could be a father to my girls and maintain those relationships maintain my real estate career and maintain bikes for death i never could have anticipated but my passion and love for bikes for death and this podcast and what we do here took priority over even even myself and that's okay to an extent you know Um, life i do believe is an endurance sport and I never lost sight of that, but I did make a choice. And in doing so, I put myself last and I put everything else first. And after a year and a half of that, I found myself in probably the worst physical and mental condition that I've ever been in in my life. So about six months ago, I made some very big changes in my life. I will say that before i was able to kind of point the attention back towards myself i did have to take care of a lot of stuff uh, on a personal level you know nothing is perfect i would say but i have been able to put myself in a better position to where i could finally start to take care of myself so about six months ago i started working out every single day well, six days a week, let's say six days a week, and that's honest. And I cut way back on my drinking. I still like to drink every once in a while, but right now I'm sipping on a Topa Chico. I highly recommend them. And I improve my diet greatly. I have been very purposeful in trying to take care of myself and to heal myself, to create the life that I wanna live, you know? I mean, I really do want my body to be capable and to take me to amazing places. And uh, over the last couple of years, I haven't really had that body. I haven't had that mind. I haven't um, been in that place. And so after this, over the past six months, I have really focused on that and it's paid off. If we wanna get into some numbers, I've lost uh, about 11 pounds, and um, I just feel great. I feel great overall. I'm a lot more productive. I'm a lot more happy. I'm a lot more stable, and um, I'm in a much, much better place. I will say that you know, through those that really tough time in my life, that absolutely bikes are death, and this community, without y'all even knowing. Help sustain me. You help to lift me up, and you help me get through one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. And it's why I never let it go. Is because I get so much out of this, and I appreciate this opportunity to to have this voice. I appreciate this um, platform, and I appreciate each one of you. One of my goals is to be a better steward of this position and and be a role model and uh, practice what I preach. And, you know, over the last year and a half, it's been tough. I have fallen short, but I'm happy to report that things are looking up and tomorrow we go bikepacking. So I hope that Does a little to fill in where I'm coming from, both from a physical and a mental and emotional standpoint, and kind of where I'm at in my life right now. As I look towards tomorrow, I am mostly just super excited about going on this trip. You know, the last bike packing trip I went on, I had to look it up, was six months ago. I went with the Adventure Media class there in the Lincoln National Forest right outside of Ruidoso, New Mexico. Yeah, that's embarrassing to admit. It's It's been a while, and uh, so I am really looking forward to getting out on the bike tomorrow. So let me tell you the plan real quick. We are going to be riding the East Texas Lowdown. This is a brand new route for the East Texas Showdown that's happening March of 2023. And if you want tickets, too bad it's sold out, then it's sold out again. And now there's a waiting list till Jesus comes back and saves us all from our sins. So I am sorry, but that's just the way it is for this year. Uh, We are limited by insurance and permitting and venue and, you know... Uh, Again, I'm kind of blown away by the interest in that event. It's super cool. I'm really excited about it. But the lowdown was designed or has been designed to be not a race, but a non-competitive ride, a group ride, so to speak, although you don't have to ride together. Um, the idea is that we're going to meet somewhere and camp together and have a bonfire and beer and, and whatever. And, um, I'm very excited about that because that really dominoes on what we're trying to promote or what I'm trying to promote and, and really bring everybody together and give everybody an opportunity to experience bike packing in the way that they want to. So this route is 169 miles. It's about 5,700 feet of climbing And it starts in the Sam Houston National Forest and goes up through the Davy Crockett National Forest. Kind of the fun thing about this one is no one's ridden it yet. So we're going to be the first ones to go out there and actually ride it and uh, scout it out. Now, if you ride the slowdown or the showdown, you're going to ride 90% or more of this route. It is all part of the same route. But the neat thing about us is we're going to be looking at it from a ride standpoint, not a race. So, you know, where are we going to eat for lunch? Uh, Where are we going to camp at? Um, and all these things. And and part of my goal as a storyteller is to take you along for the ride and to tell the story of this route. So we're going to be taking three days to do this. A couple reasons. One, my buddy Connor and I, we just like to be out there on our bikes and neither of us are in a hurry. Uh, so it, it's just great to break this up into a few days. Also, just creating content takes time stopping to record or take pictures or make a video or talk to the people at the gas station and the restaurant and all these things all those things take time and not only that but as the race director these relationships and those interactions are important to me, and so while I'm scouting this route, I'm also going to be talking to people, letting them know about the race, telling them about the film, and getting them excited and putting this on their radar. So, whenever y'all come rolling through in March, they'll be looking for you. So, that's the plan. You know, we don't have It's set in stone. I think the first day we're going to go about 50 miles. There's a primitive camp there. And then the next day uh, we're going to just wing it. I think we're going to go about 60 miles or so. And then we're going to have to do a little wild camping because there's no actual camping there. But yeah, I'll take you along and let you know how it goes. But I'm not going to make any predictions because like I said, we're going to be stopping. We're going to be talking to people. We're going to be taking pictures and we're going to be trying to take you along for the ride as well. Um, Some things I'm looking forward to are the weather. It has legit been 100 degrees up until this Sunday. Today is a Wednesday, and every single day it's getting slightly cooler. It looks like at nights we should be in the low of 50s, which is absolutely phenomenal. So the weather is hitting at just a perfect time. And to be honest with you, I don't even remember how to dress for 50 degrees. So I threw some clothes in the bag And we're gonna see how it all shakes out. I'm feeling pretty good about my equipment. I'm gonna be taking the Crest Evasion on its first ever bike packing trip. I just got it outfitted with Rock Geist uh, bags and it's looking very tidy. It's in front of me right now. And I really built this bike with the East Texas Showdown in mind. This is very representative of the type of riding that I do, the type of riding that's in my area. And so the way I built my bike is very representative of that from the tires to um, everything. Uh, Everything has been designed kind of around the type of riding that I do most in my area. And I am really looking forward to taking it on its first shakedown. One thing I'll say about our approach to this route or at least mine, I don't know what Connor's doing. He does whatever he wants and that's great, but I am not bringing any food with me at all. So the first resupply point is at mile 25. Uh, We're gonna stop there and get lunch and I'm gonna grab something to go. I'm gonna eat that for dinner and then just keep it going. So I'm just gonna resupply on the way. And again, that's intentional. One, creating content takes time. So when I get to camp, I might need to record a video, record a podcast, take some pictures. And I don't always have time to cook. That's just a fact that I've had to learn to accept. And so if I can streamline that, I will. Plus, As the race director, I'm wanting to go in, meet the people, try the food, see what the facilities are like, and and start developing a plan as to how we can accommodate the oh gosh, I don't know, 65 or so people that we have signed up for the lowdown right now. So um, if you're doing the lowdown in 2023, you will wanna pay special attention because the only thing I decided on was this is the route and it's a non-competitive group ride and everything from start to finish is really up in the air. And as I ride it these next few days, I'm gonna be thinking and developing a plan and so stay tuned to see how it goes. All right. Well, I think that's it for an intro. I still have a little bit of packing to do. I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but that's part of the fun of bike packing. You, you just make do, and it's going to be fine. I will check in with y'all probably tomorrow. Bye for now. I feel great. <laughs> I just, it's, it's tradition that I just can't go bikepacking without starting it, without puking my brains out. Is that a tradition? No, I'm being a little silly, but it's, it's, it happens. That's like happened. Were you like nervous on the bridge? So you're... No, I feel really good today. I can tell you really good today. Just puke on the side of the road when I feel like good. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, prior to that, I felt really good. I don't know. I, I've told you I have a bad stomach. Ours are different, but for some reason, exercise can cause like nausea for me, I guess. I don't yeah. even really know. I've I really thought about that in the heat. Like, in the heat? the heat? Yeah. It makes yeah. It makes for sure. That's why I have horses in my pocket. Connor, how many uh, bikepacking trips have I thrown up on?
1: Mm. None? Okay. Okay, so it's a new
0: tradition. <laughs> well, I know I did on that trip that you and I, uh, me, you, and Ryan did on the hill country. Uh, I puked at the beginning of that route, but you weren't there yet. I'm actually just doing this so I can get the experience. I didn't need to throw up, but I wanted to. Does it have a story? I need a story. You need some hard stuff. <laughs> All right, gonna do a quick update. Uh, we're currently at mile 21 on the route. And, well, correction, we're actually, we've ridden 21 miles so far, but we're at mile 16 on the route. Uh, thanks to a routing error, courtesy of your host and the leader of this little shindig. Apparently, whenever I copied the route over, uh, there was a little glitch and that took us headed towards some private property which is never advisable in Texas. So um, we're back on route and we are just getting to the first little patch of gravel. This is old Groveton Road or old on Alaska Road depending on what map you're looking at. And this route is rather infamous in these parts It can either be sandy or rutted out. If it's been raining, it can be very wet. And uh, lately it hasn't been raining much at all. So I'm expecting that it's gonna be either sandy or rutted out. Uh, This road's about four or five miles and not too bad uh, or not too long. So no matter what, shouldn't be too big of a deal. We got a little bit of a late start today. We had wanted to hit the road about 10, but I think we made it out here uh, closer to noon. Luckily the temperatures are pretty decent. Gonna be highs in like the upper 80s, which this time of year for us, we're really happy about. And tonight it's gonna get down into the 50s, which is also much needed and appreciated so this morning has been slightly eventful about five miles ago I think I lost my breakfast on the side of the road other than that I've been feeling really good added five miles on to the route today so we get some bonus miles and uh, right now we're headed into Groveton, which will be our first stop uh, there's either the like a country cafe, or there's a taqueria and we're gonna have to pick between the two. So, anyway, so far so good. All right, howdy howdy. It's time to get rowdy. Oh man, you say weird shit when you're bikepacking. We are out here all alone. No one for miles. Your mind it you goes to interesting places. But that's not my excuse. Um, I've got a couple of friends here with me. And um, it's three o'clock. We just got through old Groveton Road or all on Alaska Road, heading into Groveton. We're just uh, 23 miles in on the route, headed in and we're gonna grab lunch at a taqueria there. Old Groveton Road was not bad today. We definitely got the sand. Lots and lots of sand, but overall 100% rideable, quite enjoyable. Uh, the only downside about that section is there is very little shade. A few little trees here and there, but overall it's very exposed. And now we're spit back on some pavement and we're heading into uh, Gropeton, like I said, so we got five miles into town. We're gonna eat a little taqueria. Everything is feeling good. The bike is feeling amazing. Uh, The weather is just amazing. You can probably hear that wind going dead into a headwind right now, but it's almost 90 degrees, and a little breeze feels nice, so I'm not complaining. And, uh, man, overall, feeling really good, feeling really strong, really happy with uh, how I'm feeling, and everybody else is um, feeling good as well. Everybody's pushing and uh, enjoying the day, so... Oh, I'm loving it, it's good to be out here. I'm looking forward to some Mexican food. All right, what's up everybody? Good morning. This is, uh, well, it's actually one o'clock on day two. I meant to hop on and do an update before this, but having too much fun riding my bike and enjoying the views and the company and all the things and uh yeah if I'm being honest I just didn't feel like um doing an update and I find that that's one of the challenges with um trying to create content quote-unquote or specifically like a podcast while I'm out um doing these trips is I find it difficult to want to you know turn on the recorder and quote-unquote make content so, but, I'm in, I'm in the mood now. So uh, I like to listen to my gut, and if I'm not feeling like it, then I just don't do it. And if I feel like it, then I do. And um, that's how I like to roll. Speaking of rolling, we are, let's see, let's pull up the route. It has been beautiful, it is a, another beautiful day. It's supposed to get up to a high of 81 with temperatures getting down into, like, the upper 40s. Oh, there's a car behind me. I'm on a downhill. It's a big truck. He's not happy. He's not happy about this. But the audio is going to be shit anyway because it's downhill. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Uh, I will say I caught that one on tape, but... Um, You know, by and large, the traffic interaction on this route has been very, you know, pretty limited, um, at least, you know, for Texas and what we'd expect here. Coming from other parts of the country, your mileage may vary, but, you know, by and large, the traffic hasn't been bad at all, and the uh, traffic we've engaged with has been real courteous and given us plenty of room, and really there's been no issues Uh, But that guy, he sure was in a hurry, and he didn't mind leaving me in a cloud of dust whenever he passed by, and he didn't give me much room either. But that's all right; can't all be winners, right? So uh, let's see. We're 20 miles in on day two. Uh, I guess I'll catch up on yesterday before I get too far into today. But um, yesterday, I don't remember exactly where I left off, but old groveton road is about six miles long it starts about around mile 15 on the route and it's usually in a a state of disrepair in some some way it's not well maintained and the first time i um, ever rode that road was in 2018 when i did the grand gravel 500 and it had rained so much that the mud was so deep that I could completely have my bike suspended in mud without being propped up on anything. So yesterday, Old Groveton Road was mostly uh, mostly just sandy. Not too bad though. It wasn't completely sand, and uh, I think 100% rideable. I don't know if any of us anyway. We might have got off our bike once or something, but it was it was minable. It was mostly rideable and I'm not surprised by that it's been very dry here as it has been in many parts of the country so it's not too terribly surprising um that it's mostly sand but yeah so for anyone who's riding it in in dry conditions just expect expect sand at that point but it's kind of a fun section you never kind of know what you're gonna get depending on what the conditions are so it's uh, it's just a variable that's constantly changing and kind of makes the, the route fun uh, in a type 2 kind of way. And uh, But it's just exposed. And it, yesterday the, the breeze was nice, but when we got to Groveton to eat lunch, uh, I think we all went inside and kind of realized uh, how, like, uh, just tired and, and, and mostly just sunstruck that we were. Um, it was just so exposed and temperatures were nice, but the sun was just baking us the whole time. And so it was kind of like three zombies eating and drinking lunch uh, at Habanero's in Groveton. Uh, the food was pretty good, pretty good Tex-Mex. Uh, it's funny, there's um, literally right next door, there's another Mexican restaurant. I don't remember the name, Los... Almost, or I don't remember. But so I pulled into the first one, and Connor, he's like, "No, it's this one over here." I'm like, "Holy shit! There's another one right there." All right. So we went to the one that had the highest ratings, and uh, it was pretty good. It's our job to test out the establishments, the fine dining establish establishments out here on the lowdown and showdown route, and uh, so gave that one a fair shake and next time we'll have to try the one next door and uh we'll do a, a review but uh honestly that that stop was a lifesaver for everybody um I wouldn't say lifesaver that's a little extreme we were all a little tuckered and uh by the time we got out of there it was probably like it was like three thirty or 4 so we we're getting longer shadows and the shadows were cool and uh so we were all in really good spirits after after lunch. And the rest of the ride to camp went super well. Um, after you leave Groveton, you have a little section of pavement that takes you out to a um, bunch of gravel roads. And, man, they were just quite nice, not a lot of traffic. Really, I don't think there was a single car on that section. And then, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention is we haven't had any dogs chase us so far. I mean, right now we're at 82 miles in, and uh, we haven't had a single dog chase us. We've had a couple bark and whatnot, but you know, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Day one, after I lost my breakfast and lost our way, had a couple hiccups. I mean, the rest of the day went off without a hitch, and and uh, I'd say the the Route starts to get really good um, after Groveton. And maybe I'm saying that because we were starting to get hot before Groveton and maybe our spirits were starting to like wane a little. Um, And then afterwards the temps started getting good again and spirits were high. So so I don't know. But it did seem like that part after Groveton it started to get really good. That gravel mixed dirt section after Groveton, before you get to the wildlife management unit that's really the beginning of the Davy Crockett National Forest. That just starts to get into some of the best parts of the route, in my opinion. Um, Once you get there, you're dealing with hardly any traffic, any houses, dogs, anything. You're just in the piney trees, the loblolly pines of East Texas. This is what you came here for. This is it right here. and We are in it. Camp last night. We camped at a little hunter camp. Uh, hunter's camp at mile... Right off of the route at mile 51. Um, you have to go off route about a mile and a half. There's a little pond back there. You can see it on... Right with GPS. If you fancy a look. But, um, yeah, we camped down there. And I brought my camp chair, which is the Helinox. I don't remember which one, the the small one, it's like a pound. I love this thing. If I can find a way to take this chair, I am always gonna take this chair. I guess unless I sign up for a race or something, but um, if I'm just bikepacking, I am gonna find a way to take this chair because it just pays dividends at camp after a long day on the bike no matter how you're feeling dude it just feels good to sit down like a human so i had that connor did not uh he i don't know he usually brings a chair but he's, he's going ultra lightweight this time which is a little bit of a joke if you know connor yeah so we uh we gathered what was left of uh any wood laying around there made a little fire and Enjoyed a beautiful, cool night. Honestly, I can't tell you how, how nice it felt, the fucking brutal summer that we've had. And I kid you not, I kid you not, the weather for this trip couldn't be better and it couldn't have come at a better time. Like on Sunday, so today's Friday, on Sunday it was 100 degrees and low in the 70s. And every single day from Sunday till Thursday when we left, the temps just got lower, lower, lower. And at first it was like low of 54, then it was low of 52, then it was a low of 49. And (laughs) the really amazing part about that is that after this trip, the temps start going up again slightly. So, I mean, we are hitting this on a prime weather window. Which has just been awesome, and it's it's exciting, it's invigorating, makes me excited to go out there and ride my bike and start planning some more trips. I got um, another one planned here in four weeks. Gonna do the Texas Hill Country Loop with a friend, and it's gonna be her first uh, bike packing trip, and uh, that's gonna be exciting. New introduction into this wonderful world. And I'm looking forward to seeing my friend Bobette out there at Camp Life Festi on the Llano River It's on the Texas Hill Country Loop. Can't recommend it more. Um, Bobette is the best. So, uh, and she knows about bikepackers. She knows um, Maxwell's done a great job establishing that route and that relationship. And I've got to meet her and she has risked rolled out the red carpet for bike packers. She cleared out a whole, whole section. Um, but we're here to talk about the lowdown, so we'll have to leave Bobette for now. So let's talk today. I'll just say last night, slept great. Slept absolutely amazing. The temperatures were great. I mean, after a long day on the bike, perfect temperatures, just sleeping under the stars. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. So, like I said, smooth sailing. I've heard this route's really good and I'm starting to think think it's pretty good. Helps with good weather too. I highly recommend bringing some good weather with you. Doing this a week ago would have been a whole nother experience, I'll tell you what. I would not be having as much fun right now. (laughs) But what a difference a week makes. Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about that I just started using is my aero bars. Uh, my friend Natalie and my friend Connor who are riding with us on, uh, Natalie was with us on day one. She had a skedoodle, but they're just running drop bars. And there were a couple envious people on this ride. I'll tell you what, my aero bars and I'm loving them. For me, uh, aero bars are 100% about comfort. I will not deny that in a headwind, they are sure mighty nice to have. But when I put them on my bike, it is not for aerodynamics. It is uh, purely for comfort. And I might sound like a broken record, but if you haven't listened to this podcast, then um, O'Connor's taking a picture. Oh, that's an old house. Wow. That's a cool house, man. It's got the pass through and everything, huh? Wow. That's cool. So, let's see here. Where are we? A mile about 71 on the route on the left-hand side. There's a really old, historically period-correct home. I I don't want to age it. I, I mean, I'd say 200 years old. I don't think that one's 200 years old, but the period where it's got... Uh, living quarters on either side and a pass through through the middle to uh, uh, keep a breeze going. So that's kind of cool. Let's see. So, Oh, my arrow bars. Yeah. Comfort. Comfort, comfort, comfort. I always say, if you're happy on your bike, you're going to be in a po- better positive mental space. You're going to have more fun. The miles are going to go by faster. The aches and pains won't seem as achy or painy and that all for me starts with comfort you know being comfortable on your bike enjoying being in the saddle if you're miserable when you're riding and woefully uncomfortable you're gonna not have a great time and so one of the things I struggle with always have is hand pain hand numbness and Uh, Aero bars are a great solution for that. I absolutely love them, and I'm glad I brought them on this trip. Um, I'll also say that like this is the type of route where aero bars completely make sense. There's uh, lots of opportunities to be in aero bars. I mean, here I'm on gravel roads in the National Forest, but very smooth rolling. Yeah, lots of opportunities to utilize your aero bars on this route. So I'm happy with my decision and my compadres are less happy with theirs. And that makes me feel like a winner. (laughs) Oh, we got some hills. I'm gonna take a break and catch you on the top. And uh, just overall, very happy with my setup. Um, I do have hand pain, my, butt's a little tender but nothing, you know, nothing bad. I'm aware of it. um, And In that area um, what I'm wearing, I'm not wearing chamois Um, I'm wearing I started wearing these like chubbies shorts I don't know if everybody else gets Instagram ads about them on the regular but I ended up buying a pair one day and I love them. They have these liners in there. You can take them swimming. Um, they're, I found they're great for bikepacking, but there is no padding. Um, but I like how everything's breathing and I like how everything's moving down there and grooving together. And yeah, uh, it's working for me. So my methodology here is to just. Toughen up the tushy over time. Toughen up the tushy over time. The three T's of tushy, tushy tenderization. Passing Mount Vernon Church here. That's fun. So yeah, bike's running good. I'm going kinda light. Um, I've got my new Rock Guys half frame bag. I fucking love, so good. I love the way it looks. They, I mean, the colors are fucking awesome, but it's just super functional. And I got the extra large top two bag, loving that. Go big or go home. Um, I'm putting all my electronics in there, um, batteries and headlamps and all the bits like that. And that's cool. I mean, yeah, good tire selection. I'm happy. Um, there's not much. I haven't been able to ride a couple of sandy sections and then uh, get out for a walk. But very like only a couple. It's good. It's so good. And physically and mentally, I'm feeling amazing. Um, I've, I've all the all the working out every day and eating right and everything. Well, gosh darn it that. That pays off, it really, really does. And proof is in, kinda, I don't wanna say easy, but just feeling good, my body feels good. I'm in a good headspace, I'm enjoying this, I'm liking the route, and uh, everything's great. So, I'm really happy. This is what happiness looks like right here. For me, at least. So, let's get to a little daily update on the actual route. So we woke up, we wake up last night when Connor and I were going to bed, we are like, what time do you want to get up? I don't know, let's get up at eight and be out, wheels down by nine. That's pretty reasonable, right? Well, I don't think either one of us rolled out of bed until 9.30 and we were out of there by 10.30. Uh, that was fine. Connor and I are never in a hurry and Uh, The temperatures are supposed to stay nice today, and we should be mostly in the Davy Crockett National Forest and really canopied by these loblolly pines. So, all things considered, I'm happy to take a couple hours of extra hours of Z. And, um, yeah, we got, our plan today is to do about another 60-ish miles. I say ish because we don't have a designated campsite this evening. If uh, Connor had lights, I might try to talk him into riding through the night, just for fun. I haven't done that in a couple years or a few years, so, but he doesn't have lights, so that's not really an option, but, so we're gonna have to get creative with our camping this evening, which is fun. Uh, There's, I think, three churches within a 10 mile stretch um, that I think we could probably camp behind one of those Uh, Tomorrow's not Sunday, we'll get out of there and pay our respects on our bikes. So yeah, we got wheels down at 10.30 and only uh, about six miles to get to, oh, Apple Springs. And there used to be a little taqueria there that was so good, oh man. And I only got to eat there one time, it looks like they're closed, they're not there anymore but we went into Brookshire Brothers and you know they got tables and chairs there and they got a subway in there and they got a deli had groceries and stuff so it's pretty well stocked but we were just grabbing breakfast and so I had a coffee and uh, some yo what was it a parfait coffee and a parfait refilled the water and uh, that's it Um, we made a pretty quick work of that and we were right back into the National Forest and we've basically been on gravel roads all day today. It's been very nice. There's just been a couple little patches of pavement getting us from here to there, but it's like, I don't know, 95 or 98% gravel today and good gravel too, fast. Yeah, we are, uh Hey where we're at right now. Technology
1: Oh technology.
0: Two and a half miles from Ratcliffe, which uh, we're 24 miles in on today. So we're at about the halfway mark. And we were disappointed to learn this morning that there was a cafe here um, at about mile 79 that uh, called Cafe in the Pines looked really good we were planning on stopping there for lunch and while we were at breakfast this morning connor noticed that google said it was closed permanently permanently closed and i was surprised because i just you know, i made kind of a, a route plan and sent it to the group and i did that two weeks ago and I checked, all the, I checked all the restaurants, I checked their hours you know, all, all that stuff and uh, now they're closed so I, I think within the last two weeks they closed down which was surprising and also a good reminder to you know, really check your POIs especially out in the middle of wherever you're going to be but especially out here there's no guarantees that these little shops that I mean, who knows, mom and pop that I don't know, can y'all hear me? Is this like the worst audio ever? I do apologize for this audio. I bought two microphones and tested them out prior to this ride and um, neither of them sounded better than what I'm using, which is the old school Apple Lightning, uh, like the wired headphones, the ones you've been talking to. Ow, that was bumpy and (laughs) took like a a rabbit's tail or whatever and the fluffy thing and put it around the microphone and it works better than any of these expensive microphones at least in this environment so I don't know, I'm still looking for solutions if you have one, please call me at 800 bikes or death and leave a message, thank you Um, but I hope the audio is going to turn out okay it's all an experiment, you know called on-the-job training right here. So where was I? Oh yeah, that restaurant's closed. So now I think the plan is we're coming into this Ratcliffe town, there is a gas station and I guess that's gonna be lunch. And then there's a pizza place I think at mile 110 uh, that closes at nine. So I think that's going to be the goal and target our our next mission is to get to that pizza joint at mile 110 and then I think camp somewhere after mile 120 which will leave us about 60 60 miles for tomorrow. So that'll mean that we will ride. I don't know, yesterday we put in 60 miles even though it was a 50-mile day. Part of that was a reroute. Part of that is just going off route to get... Food and whatnot so we'll see this will end up being a 180 or 190 miles total probably and that's what's been going on after we stop at the gas station there's this little campsite Ratcliffe that we're gonna go check out and I'm really trying to decide with this route as far as doing it as a group ride in March for the the, the event the showdown race if we break it up into three days or if we do it as an overnighter, or if we just let people pick however they wanna do it, you know, the kinda, I mean, I lean towards obviously letting people do whatever they wanna do, and I think they can, no one's gonna get mad at them, but, you know, the thought was if we could all get together at like one campsite, you know, we could all hang out, drink some beers, tell some stories, tell some lies, you know. So I don't know I'm still mulling it over and part of that is checking out uh, all the campsites along the way we got this one here at Ratcliffe which is more developed we got the one we stayed at last night then after Ratcliffe there's what's called a horse camp in the Davy Crockett National Forest it's fairly primitive but there is a pit toilet there's a little pond and they have kind of Nothing glorified, but some very uh, primitive campsites. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna be checking out all those and just mulling it over. Probably do a poll for people signed up and see what they want to do. Probably a good idea to just ask them. But at least I didn't, at least I didn't have some ideas. You know. All right. Well, 25 miles in today. And at least probably 35 more to go. Feeling good. Let's see. Let's see how it goes.
1: Can I help you?
0: Uh, I am thinking. So I guess you can't help me think. <laughs> uh, I think about twenty-seven miles so far. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, we rode. We rode sixty yesterday and camped. And we're doing like 180 miles, so we're on day two of three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am just looking. I'm gonna look around and see. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to decide what I need. I'm evaluating my life right now. Do y'all do sandwiches? I would love a sandwich. Uh, I'll do turkey and ham. It's like a regular sandwich, but a lot better because I'm hungry. It's nice and fresh. How you feeling?
1: All right. Ready for some pizza.
0: Yeah. Yeah, How much further is it to the pizza?
1: 36.
0: 36? Really?
1: Do you think it was farther or shorter? Shorter.
0: I almost don't believe you. Gets
1: on mile one eleven.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, I trust you then. Oh well. We've gone like twenty-five so far. I think it's going to be dinner. (laughs) I'm calling this my lunch. Sorry, (gasps) twenty-seven. Good morning sports fans, cycling and bikepacking enthusiasts. It is 11 o'clock on Saturday morning and we are rolling out of Trinity after eating breakfast at the Trinity Cafe. I had a potato, egg and cheese taco and a bacon, egg and cheese taco. Connor had waffles uh home fries and something else i think oh bacon but the cool thing was is uh right when we sat down about 15 minutes later the uh town was having their city parade oh we got some sand oh okay okay everything's fine everything's fine oh we got a truck up ahead that's getting a little rowdy. Off in the ditch. Kicking up dust. These country boys gotta watch out. All right. So yeah, we were at the uh, Trinity Cafe this morning and they were having their city parade. Uh, And I'd like to think that they did it in our honor. Although that's probably... Nothing could be further from the truth, but it felt special and fun. And uh, so while we were eating our breakfast, we got to watch a parade right there through City Square. And Trinity is a pretty small town, so actually I know exactly because I saw the population sign. 2,423 people. Ah, Those are bumps. And... Uh, So definitely, it's a small East Texas town, and they had the old fire trucks and convertible Corvettes and big trucks towing trailers with people on them and the band and everything. So it was a good time. We, I guess I'll start with a little recap on uh, ending out yesterday. There's a section between Pennington and Lovelady, that is becoming notorious for all of its sand. And I just rode it for the first time, and I'm on 700 by 48 C tires, so keep that in mind. And going along, I think it's about a nine mile stretch between those two towns, nine or 10 miles. And going along, remember telling Connor, I was like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. We were probably about halfway through. I was like, this isn't that bad at all. You know, we're riding most stuff. And of course I spoke way too soon. And not too long after that, the rest of the road just became uh, pretty darn sandy. And where it wasn't sandy, the city or county had come in and filled in just these huge rocks um, that were pretty gnarly to ride through so it was pretty miserable uh, we were you know yesterday we had missed our lunch spot because uh, it closed down and so we were really looking forward to that pizza and love lady and the uh sand was just kind of demoralizing it was four o'clock the hardest, hottest time of the day and you know, so it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't fun. That was the least fun we've had on the trip so far. And we went to Firehouse Pizza and Love Lady, got there about six o'clock, and Connor ordered a large pizza and I got a medium. And we uh, ate everything we could. We literally stuffed ourselves until we were sick. And then we, uh, so we're, yeah, we're coming on to Texas 19 South so You're going to hear some road noise And I don't know what the audio is going to be like But we're just going to do it anyway Because there's only one way to find out Well there's two ways You can Google it Or you can try it for yourself And I'm a I'm all into the experiential learning last night okay yeah this is actually dumb i'll pick it up back in a little while okie dokie well we just turned off of texas 19 onto a farm to market road and it's one of those 55 mile an hour Uh, two lane roads where everybody's driving a million miles an hour. They're not my favorite, but that just means we are getting more and more into quote unquote civilization, another small town, but looks like we got about 18, 20 miles left on the day. trying to remember where I left off when I was interrupted by traffic. That's called experiential learning right there. I don't think that took me very long to realize that wasn't going to work. So after pizza, we had very little daylight left. Probably like 30 minutes or so. And... We decided that we're going to camp behind a little church there at mile, around about mile 120 on the route. And that um, yeah, was quite a nice little spot. We appreciate their hospitality. They were quite nice. Went to bed pretty early and uh, woke up today and got out. I think we were on the road by about 8.15 and got down to like 50 degrees last night and I think I brought just the right amount of clothes a couple times I got a little chilly but nothing bad I'll take it and this morning was a little chilly of a start but yeah I'll take that all day long and uh so today we had about 12 miles uh, to get to breakfast in Trinity, that Trinity Cafe. And we we did about half of that was on gravel roads and half of that was on uh, paved roads, getting into town. And then, uh, yeah, had a nice little breakfast there with um, the parade. And then we got on our merry way. I'll tell you, we're kinda, I would say we're in a hurry today, but it's the last day. Connor wants to go watch a football game, so, uh, gotta get Connor to his football game. Don't want to miss kickoff. So, uh, yeah, we're trying to hammer out the last day, and, yeah, everything's going good. Let's talk about how I'm feeling. Um, I'll say the first two days, I felt really strong, had some soreness in, like, back and shoulders, and... Uh, hands, but really, you know, I felt strong in the legs and my cardio and everything. I'll tell you what, I woke up today and I was stiff, very well rested, felt great about my rest, but uh, my body, I was like, okay, yeah, you're starting to feel it now. And I was not looking forward to get on the saddle. I could tell it was gonna be tender. So first thing this morning, it took a little while to acclimate back to the bike. But it probably, I don't know, it didn't take too long before the butt and the hands and everything just got with the program. But the one thing that's different today is my my legs are just starting to wear down. I still got a little pep in them, but not much pep. I can tell we're definitely slowing down and uh that's fine i feel good about yeah what we did yesterday yesterday we ended up with a 73 mile day um, which was the longest ride i've been on in a while fully loaded that was cool i enjoyed that 60 miles a day before that and we'll see what we end up with today but all in all good riding and I guess it's okay, my body's a little tired to be expected, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling good about today, even though I'm tired. You know, I'm. it's not like a, yeah, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I'm not having those thoughts, those fears, those doubts creep in. They're like, holy shit, is today one of those days where I'm gonna have to call someone to come pick me up? I'm not even close to that point, so. Yeah, today uh, I might not be as spry as the first couple of days, but feeling good about just pushing through, no problem. One good thing, we should be done here in like an hour and fifteen minutes if everything goes well, and that'll put us done for the day around one, 1.30, before it starts to get really high, which was part of the plan. So, yeah, the last couple of days, man, they they did get high. so used to 100 degrees that I didn't think 80, you know, mid 80s would feel that hot but it still feels hot and it sneaks up on you because you're kind of feeling good and there's a nice cool breeze but the whole time you're still baking which is what I have for breakfast. Trying to think what else, if anything, eventful happened on this trip. Uh, last night when we were going to bed, <laughs> unbeknownst to us, we camped uh, right by what we think is part of their septic system at this church. But I'm a real estate agent, and although I'm not a septic expert, I've never seen a septic like this, and I have no idea what it was doing, but around about 10 o'clock last night, this thing just like has a loud click sound, like it's turning on, and it starts gushing out water. It's right by where we're camping. And it kind of like startled us a little bit. We're like, man, what is that? Go check it out. And you know, our best guess is something to do with septic, but it's just pouring out water. Luckily, it's just the sound of water, and it was kind of relaxing. So it didn't distract me. I went right right to sleep. Connor told me uh, it shut off at like 4:30 in the morning. I guess he's a light sleeper because he said whenever it turned off, it clicked and it woke him up. So he knew when it turned off. So that thing ran for like six hours, just gushing. But luckily, no, uh, no harm or foul to us. Our first fear was that it was one of those field line septic sprinkler systems and we were about to get drenched with sewer water, that would have been terrible, to say the least. I don't even want to think about it, but uh, that's not what happened. We didn't have to move, we didn't have to evacuate in in the night, so. I lost my pizza I took a few slices with me from last night and I couldn't find it Looking in my frame bag like man I could have swore I put it in here I guess some raccoons took it home with them last night while I was sleeping or something and uh turns out it was in my hip pack I forgot I had that on no drama on this trip I mean first day had a couple maybe I shouldn't speak too soon a little too optimistic it's too early in the day to be this optimistic. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's uh this is an absolute thrill to be out here. I've been really happy with it. I mean this first time I'm seeing this whole thing in its entirety this this route in its entirety and um yeah it's pretty exciting. You have a pretty good idea of what it's like and overall I've been really pleased. It's been good good riding beautiful you haven't dealt with any any crazy dogs or drivers or people or anything everything's just been pretty good which has been a real focal point for me is uh you know creating a route that is as safe as possible and devoid of traffic and people and dogs and we can't get away from it completely but working with the canvas that I have at my disposal I'm pretty happy with it so, alright well 15 miles left I think I'll hop back on if I got something to say right now I'm just going to pedal and enjoy the day I wanted to mention, I forgot about was there at Texas 19 coming out of Trinity there's this old bridge that uh, you can still use but it's like off of the main highway and it's pretty cool no one ever uses it so you have the whole thing to yourself and when we're going the opposite direction You have to cross a a five-lane, like, busy highway to get to it, so it just doesn't make sense. But riding this route in reverse, um, you get to take that bridge. It's probably like a mile and a half long, maybe a mile. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. That was one of the uh, things I was excited about for uh, doing the route in reverse, is that we'd be able to check out that bridge and get to ride on it. And it's a good place. It goes right over the Trinity River. So uh, it's a good place to stop and have a snack and take a picture or maybe just keep on riding, whatever. So anyway, that's all. Baby, I'm back, I'm back and I'm better than I ever was. Five miles left to wrap this uh, route up and this trip up. Feeling pretty good overall, but also not complaining about being close to the car, and most importantly, close to the bullet grill, and a very cold IPA. And I'll definitely get something to eat, but right now, first things first, a tall glass of water, a frosty cold IPA while I peruse the menu and see what catches my fancy. But uh, yeah, we're on one of the last little stretches of gravel going in here to point blank. And um, feeling good, feeling tired a little. Definitely have more in the tank, but like, like I said, not complaining about being done. You know, some trips they can kinda end too early and you feel left wanting more this one i definitely feel quite satiated and uh, satisfied i guess that's the that same word but i feel uh feel good about it feel like we checked a lot of boxes and um overall went really well feeling really great to be back on the bike and feeling good honestly it's been a while um, So I am enjoying the heck out of that. And really the main complaints are with my hands and my butt and more riding, more saddle time, the butt will just toughen up. And maybe the hands will, maybe they won't, but that's just part of the game. So I'm gonna probably, wrap this episode up whenever I get back home and kind of process the whole thing and see how my body's feeling and yeah, just kind of have some time, time to sit with it. But overall, my impressions are good of, of the route. I'm excited to even more excited now to get people back out here throw a party, get weird in the woods. I'm excited to be able to uh, talk about the route from a more personal perspective and feeling good about my overall uh, fitness. And I even decided on this trip that I'm going to um, take a stab at AZT in 2023. That's my plan, so I'm putting it out there. It's a long ways away, so something could happen. But uh, it's good to have goals and I'm ready to get back out there and push myself some more and give myself some goals to work towards. And man, I picked a bad time to start recording. Uphill in death heat well we're not in death heat yet but just exposed so if you've been a long time listener of the podcast you'll know that you know the AZT has always been a a trail that has really attracted me and something I've really wanted to do for a long time so At this old lady I'm driving They're very very slow to pass me, They're very nice. So yeah, E Z T 2023. I'm putting it out there. We got a long time to get ready, so no excuses. I might try to do some stuff before that too. I don't know. I'll just have to look at the calendar and. But I think in general, just my hope going into next year is that in general, I'll be able to do a lot more uh, trips and combine those with the podcast and getting out there and riding bikes and meeting cool people. And uh, yeah, that's just a a big change for me. Again, as you've been listening for a while, you know that I've been working towards trying to make bikes or death my primary focus, and I think for the first time in about four years, I'm finally at a point where I can take a take a stab at it, and I'm kind of looking at 2023 as being the year that I uh, really dedicate everything to bikes or death, and the projects that I'd like to do and the events I'd like to create in the, or host in the um, community that I want to create. So yeah, I appreciate everybody who's uh, supported me through the years and I hope that um, I'll be able to take you along for the journey. You've been along for the ride this long and I uh, definitely keep you coming keep y'all guys with me and uh, yeah we can ride this thing see how far this road goes seems to be limitless you know as anything the limits we usually have are only in our mind so I'm trying to put a lot of faith and trust in this next chapter and I'm really looking forward to it and I believe in it, I think it's gonna do good things, and I can't wait to get there, so. oh I hope y'all like heavy breathing. That might be it for now. I'll see if I hop back on after this hill, we'll see. everybody thank you so much for tuning into today's episode i hope that you enjoyed it and i would love to get your feedback on this episode in particular did you like it did you hate it would you like to hear more like this As I said in the beginning, I think I can do a better job. One way is just by recording more. And I think another cool aspect is kind of recording those conversations when I walk into restaurants or have interactions along the trail, Uh, just record those and kind of throw those in. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, So yeah, definitely looking to uh, probably do some more of these if y'all are enjoying them and make them better. Yeah. Always looking to improve. I learned a lot from this one and uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. Another thing that I want to mention at the end of that episode, I talked about how I had committed myself to do the AZT 300 this year, which is still something I'm gunning to do. Uh, but I failed to mention that originally my goal was that I was gonna do the the lowdown, then the slowdown and then the showdown. But I got so fired up after riding this route. I'm ready to jump straight into the showdown and I want to be the first person to complete that route. Obviously we've done it a couple years previously and that route was 380 miles. Uh, but for 2023, it's a 400 mile route. And I definitely made what I think are some improvements, uh, definitely some improvements. Uh, to specifically the upper section of the route going into Jacksonville, or I guess this year you'll be coming out of Jacksonville. And then I completely changed the death loop, I guess, maybe not completely, but, uh, made some significant alterations to make it safer. And, um, Stephanie Hall attempted this route in December. She had a great ride, but the weather was terrible. And I think she knocked out about 280 miles. She sent me a DM and let me know that the route, at least what she saw of it was fantastic. But that means that nobody has ridden the entire route so far, and I want to be the first person to do it. And so, I am planning to do that a couple weeks before the showdown this year in March uh, is my goal. And so, uh, I'm going to be sharing more about that on social media. And uh, if I can find my freaking spot tracker, I don't know where it is, but um, I, I'm going to try to share my uh, live tracker so y'all can dot watch and follow along and. And all that jazz. But um yeah, I don't know where I put that spot tracker. I wish I had it turned on so I could track it. But um anyway, to be determined. But that's what we got going on. Also, there is gonna be an episode next week that I'm very excited about. Thanks to the response that I got from everybody in the community from last week's episode. I'm ready to keep this thing going. I am fired up and I'm ready to double down on bikes or death. I said it before, but Life is an endurance sport. We preach endurance here, and I'm ready to endure a little bit more with Bikes or Death. And not endure in the bad way, but this could be a tough year. I might have to pick up a second job, get back into real estate. I'm not sure what I'm ready to do, but I do know one thing for sure. I am not ready to walk away from Bikes or Death. I'm ready to double down and really give it my best shot. And so... I've already lined up an episode for next week and that is going to be with scarlett and flint ziegler they made waves in the bikepacking community recently scarlett is only 13 years old and her and her father just completed the great divide mountain bike route in 42 days i cannot wait to have her on the episode she seems like an awesome young lady and i'm really looking forward to chatting with her One thing I'm changing going forward is for my patrons, I'm gonna be releasing who my next guest is and giving them a chance to ask any questions that they have. If you have any questions for Flint or Scarlett, you'd like to get those out to her, you can find a post on patreon.com. And of course, if you're not a patron, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. All right, well, I think that's all we got for this week. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, don't forget, go ride your damn bike.
1: It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake, the sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before. Was it your imagination, or merely folklore? Fear turned into strength as you push further. Every pedal stroke stronger and firmer. Your bike feels weightless. Your legs aren't tired. You think to yourself, just a few more miles. Bikes, more oh, 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 death. Bikes, oh, 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 death.